This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings. And it is August, and we have real, live college football games that count and everything this month. Get fired up. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL can see all the helmets and game balls and all the teams I play for. I don't need to go through all of them. I am in the podcast game. Also a broadcaster. I'll be doing, I believe, 15 college football games for CBS Sports Network this year. Cannot wait. Fired up for that. I also will be doing the Eagles preseason games starting in nine days. So my season is just about ready to get cranked up. Check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Certainly all of our shows, we post them and the clips of the shows to at Ross Tucker pod as well. But I make no mistake about it. The star of the show after a one week hiatus was a little bit under the weather, which by the way is good timing because his season's about to start now too. My man, Emery Hunt, known as at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter and certainly Football Game Plan on YouTube. I saw on Twitter, Emery, this is year 14. I love that you know how many years you've been doing this. Yeah, man, it's it's always fun to take stock of what you've done and you know, where you've gone and how, how far you've traveled and where you are currently and how much more you're excited about doing in the future. And it's blows my mind that it is year 14 um i'm excited about what, what we have coming down the pike some big announcements coming soon and also you know stuff that we're you know building blocks for in the future so i, I i'm just happy man it's, it's 14 years and uh still growing that's that's a good thing heck yeah it is still growing with every year i say it every week this guy is going to be a star on everybody's tv or whatever very very soon i think he already is to be honest with you um, I, especially with how big YouTube's getting. Again, football game plan on YouTube. We are youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Today we're going to dive into the Big Ten, which I think is interesting because you got your top 10 prospects. Now you got to tell me if it's your top 10. Is it? Is it your – we'll start there. Is it your top 10 prospects ranked, Emery, or your 10 favorite? I'm just curious. It's just it's just ten favorites or like ten guys out of the Big Ten that folks get should get familiar with, um, because again, if I did a ranking right now, people would be locked in on that, and you know obviously that stuff changes over the course of a season or as you get more tape and dive more into the film. But this is just initial, almost like a watch list. Ten guys that you think everybody needs to make sure they're aware of going into the season. 
I get it. It just what jumped out to me. There's no Penn State guys. I was like, oh, okay. And so but that's fine because I can actually add a couple of names of Penn State guys people should be aware of. And then you don't have like Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State, but you do have Zach Harrison, Thayer Munford, Chris Olave, Haskell Garrett. So you do have a bunch of Ohio State guys, four out of the ten. So looking forward to diving into that momentarily. However, and the re- and the re- just not to cut, to cut you off, but the reason why – is that early on, and I don't think a lot of people do this, although they should, especially early in the process, I tend to to tilt heavily toward seniors, you know, because you want to show, you know, uh, you want to give those guys that you know are going to be graduating and know that are going to be in a the draft, they're just due. So that's the difference between Wilson and Olavi. Olavi, I believe, is a senior, senior and uh, Wilson is still an underclassman, technically. Exactly, exactly. That makes perfect sense. I asked Fran this last week, Emery, but I got to get your perspective on it as well. Uh, huge news in college football. And, and I should remind everybody, once the season gets started, I mean, not only are we talking about the biggest games, we're talking about the best players in the biggest games, and Emery's giving you his picks against the spread. So this is like a college football podcast, a college football betting podcast, and an NFL Draft Podcast, all in one podcast. We're getting three for the price of one, and the price is nothing. All you do is listen or watch, so that's good value. We know good value. But I do have to ask you this, Emery. Texas and Oklahoma, going to the SEC, I'm giving you a blank slate, blank canvas. Uh, what's your reaction, and, and what does it mean in your mind for college football and maybe college football scouting, NFL Draft moving forward? I'm a traditionalist, Ross, and I miss the smaller regional conferences. And I'm pretty sure in a moment of clarity, the ADs of all college athletics will tell you the same thing. They will rather have bus leagues than flight leagues, you know, because it keeps everything regional, keeps costs down, and the robberies just make sense. You know, now you have an SEC that's expanding, um, to include more Texas schools, Oklahoma. When I think Southeast, I, I don't think Oklahoma. You know, I, I think, you Oklahoma know. Oklahoma Southwest. They used to be in the Southwest Conference. Bingo. And that's my whole point, man. It's like, oh, I I, I don't. We had super conferences before. If you, you remember this, Ross, remember how the WAC was the first t- conference to go 16 teams? And then Conference USA went 16 teams? Just like, wait a minute. This, this is way too many schools. In a conference, you got, you know, a conference that has UTEP and doggone a uh, team out east and, and, you know, Old Dominion or somebody like that, or East Carolina. It's too far. Uh, but I think if we go back to smaller regional conferences, the robberies mean more and uh, the, the games be more exciting. We have gone a decade without watching Texas play Texas A&M. And it takes a super conference for that to happen when they are in the same state and they're a big time rival. So for me, I I understand it's it's strictly a money move, and I just I just know we're trending toward more money type moves uh, in 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 the future. But I just hate the fact that we are now going to get a 16 team SEC. Everybody can't be in the SEC, you know. When you add more teams to the SEC, it no longer becomes the SEC, you know. And so I just wish we go back to a time where it was more regional. Uh, more conferences are good. It's because it's more regional and those robberies get to be stronger. Yeah, I hate it. 
Uh, I'll just say it. I, I hate it. Um, I understand why they're doing it. Look, m- certain teams move the needle in terms of ratings more than others do. So the SEC poached the two teams in the Big 12 that really move the ratings, Oklahoma and Texas. I get that. But what's the whole point of a conference? I mean, the whole point of a conference is to organize teams in an area so that that makes sense logically to play against each other. So you have logical, natural rivalries. And some of these conferences where, you know, the women's golf team is flying now from UConn to UTEP or whatever it is, it's just asinine. And I know they make up the difference in the money because of what football brings in. They can pay for the flights for the women's golf team or whatever it is. I'm just making it up. But how is that experience for those student athletes? Like, it's not supposed to all be about money, right? Like, these are still college athletes. It's supposed to be Princeton's motto is education through athletics. Like, how does it make sense to have them on a flight from Hartford, Connecticut to wherever, for, you know, however many girls or guys or whatever sport it is to play? It just, it's so stupid. It makes, it, it drives me nuts. And there's monotone. enough money to go around if they just, if they just realized that there's a more effective way to do this. And the amount of class time that you're missing unnecessarily, it just doesn't make sense from a scholastic standpoint. And again, it's, it's just far too fat, you know, to, to be, uh, you know, all about money. I just don't like it. And people keep saying, well, the SEC, 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 nobody's checking for that, you know, seven o'clock Vanderbilt, South Carolina game. When people talk SEC, they're talking about five teams. And now with Oklahoma and Texas, they're talking about seven teams. No one cares about, to the same level, about Vanderbilt football as they do about Alabama football. So people get it twisted and think, oh, yeah, it's just that's how good the SEC is. No, that's how good the five teams y'all always talk about are, juxtaposed to South Carolina, you know, sometimes Tennessee and, and, and Vanderbilt and, and maybe Arkansas every now and then. Maybe you and I, Emery, should be the ones that run or are in charge of college football or the NCAA. I know this. The best place to hire people, LinkedIn Jobs. They have made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Look, everybody knows I've got GoBigRecruiting.com, MyFrontPageStory.com. I've got RT Media, the podcast business. Hiring is hard i get interns every semester i i tried i just hired somebody full-time for myfrontpagestory.com thank goodness for linkedin jobs 740 million professionals that's crazy they fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates it's easier to filter and prioritize when you have 740 million people there linkedin jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash draft. That's linkedin.com slash draft to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, I don't need anybody else to co-host the college football draft. It's Emory Hunt because he's a stud 
and always has been, always will be. I like your number one guy here, Emery. I remember him from the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, George Karloftis, the DN from Purdue. And he's one of those guys when you watched in high school, you're like, damn, this dude is solid. Like, in, in, in the sense that he can come in and play right away, you know? And then you start to hear the reports when he got on campus at Purdue, like, yeah, this guy is going to start right away and play right away. Uh, so he was college ready uh, from the jump and just has good overall game, man. And, and you talk about someone that's a very good defensive player on both ends of defense, uh, has a lot of technical skills. You worry about the injuries that he's had all throughout his career. But when he's healthy and out there on the field, he's a difference maker. And I just think that he's one of those guys that is going to have a long career as a pro player because he plays a pros, pros game. He played a, a college game at the high school level, and now as as a collegian, he's playing a pro game. So I just I just love the prospect in Karloftis. Yeah, relentless, really powerful lower body, really good with his hands. Uh, that was a big get for Purdue. Uh, different body type, though, Emery, than the next guy, DN Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Yeah, and linear guy, you know, but twitched up and, and ready to go turn the corner. Um, and you saw him just have, you know, a lot of big plays last year. And to me, when you flash at the most important times, that's that to me has a, a lot of significance. You know, I do that for quarterbacks. You know, I call it having a, a sense of the, t- the moment, having that good timing. Okay, we need a play. He's the guy that's going to make it. Well, you need to stop defensively or you need to, uh, that pressure or that sack or someone to make a play up front. Harrison is usually that guy. And, again, you're well coached by Larry Johnson, who's the best defensive line coach in football. Um, we're talking about pro and college. And you know he's going to continue to add more tools to his toolbox as he makes the jump to the pro game. What What about Thayer Munford? Let's stay in the trenches for Ohio State. Thayer Munford, uh, what a name, by the way. Thayer <laughs> Munford. Sounds like this guy should be like a trust fund baby. Doesn't sound like he should be playing offensive tackle for Ohio State. <laughs> Thayer Munford. Wow. Yeah, like the best friend of Richie Rich, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you look at what he does. Dude, well, remember that show? Is that show still around? Um, Richie it, Rich. I used to watch the crap out of Richie Rich. Right. Every morning before school, it was one of those early morning weekday cartoons. I used to always watch that as well. Again, damn, we showed our age once again <laughs> with these cartoons, with these references. Uh, but yeah, Muffer is, Muffer is good, man. And it's one of those guys that probably could have came out last year uh, if he was eligible. And, and you know, definitely uh, would have been a high first round pick. I see him more along the lines of what, uh, you know, what you expect from that from that position. You know, a dominant player, consistent player, uh, athletic. Ohio State has done a, a fantastic job over the last decade. Um, let's say since Urban Meyer got there to now continuing over to Ryan Day's tenure of developing O-line and D-linemen. They are strong at the point of attack, which is why they win a lot of games. It's a really good point. Uh, There's no question about it, Emery, uh, when you watch them. I was surprised at how well they handled Penn State last year up front on both sides of the ball. I mean, there's a reason why they are as good as they are. how about uh, number four, D.N. Aiden Hutchinson 
from Michigan. I feel like I've, I've seen this name a bunch of places. Tell me about Aiden. Yeah, he's someone that that's I think has a little bit of versatility. You know, you could rush him on the outside. He could rush from the inside. Uh, so if you want to have some type of NASCAR package, you can kick him down inside. He's able to whip a guard all day. He's strong on the edge in terms of setting the edge and playing the run. Uh, technically sound player as well, so he uses his hands well. He's He's got good core strength, so you're not going to blow him off the ball. You know, if you're trying to reach block him, it's, it's tough to do that because he stops it right there, kind of bottles things up, uh, you know, in, in uh, procession. So I just think that good overall skill set. Some people look for the splash plays and the wild plays, and that's why some people don't see him as a first-round player. But when you, you know, project him to the NFL, he's another one of these guys who's going to play a long time because of all the things that he does so well and also brings the versatility to the table up front. So I like him. I, I like his ability versus the run and against the pass. I just think that he's one of those good, solid football players. He may be more Sam Hubbard than anything, uh, but Sam Hubbard just got a big contract and is a starter up front for the Bengals. I was going to say, how does he compare to even like last year's first-round pick, Quiddy Pay? Being completely honest, he's more productive than Pay was. Pay was more flash and more, you know, he he he, you know, he he moves faster. You think he's doing all kind of stuff. But Hutchinson, to me, was the most productive guy uh, on both ends, uh, more so than Pay. Pay obviously is a uh, a twitched up guy. He's 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 fast. He's active. He's athletic. But Hutchinson is actually the one that made most of the plays, in my opinion. Interesting. Um, I like that. All right, let's get to one of these Ohio State receivers, Chris Olave. They say he would have been a late first round pick if he had gone in this year's draft. Man, I always think that's interesting when guys go back to school. Now, maybe he has a Devontae Smith-like year and shoots up, and maybe that's what they talked to him about. But I also know it seems to me like Justin Fields and Wyatt Davis, I'm not sure either one of those guys from a draft stock standpoint really benefited from playing this past year for Ohio State. So interesting decision by Olave. Uh, What kind of wide receiver is he? It's funny when you have guys go back for a senior year. I think now we're starting to look at the NFL draft like the NBA draft. If a guy stays all four years or stays three years, you kind of like, man, what's wrong with you? Like, something must be wrong with his game, you know, because he's supposed to come out as a freshman. Or in the NFL case, he's supposed to always come out as a junior. Um, but not nah, a, a, a lobby to me is has game that's very similar to Robbie Anderson. You know, it's a smooth game. You know, someone that's able to slide past defenders, um, you know, contort his body in a in a, a wide assortment of ways um, to make the reception. And he's already shown the ability to to play with two feet in bounds, you know, when he's going up to get a football. So I, I just think that he has good savvy, um, you know, good elusiveness, good acceleration, a good all-around receiver. And maybe that late first projection was right. Um, but I just think that his game, to me, is very similar to that of Robbie Anderson. Uh, does he run as well as I mean Robbie Anderson can fly, right? Is he that kind of deep threat? I think he can be, especially when you think about how many times they went deep down the field um off play action. And Olave was a direct beneficiary of that. And I just think that he does a good job in tracking the football. And it's I was at Temple's Pro Day when um Robbie Anderson worked out. Of course and, they were. Of course yeah. they were. <laughs> and I have a funny story. Like he was uh going deep for a pass and, and PJ Walker 
uh, Carolina Panthers number two quarterback was was the quarterback throwing the ball. Anderson was running like a, a takeoff route, and he was running so fast. And you know, Temple's indoor facility is only so you know long. I mean, he hit the wall so hard, like I thought the building was about to collapse with how hard he hit the wall because how fast he was going. Didn't he kind of lost track of where he was? But that just shows the type of you know explosive speed that a guy like Robbie Anderson has. I was like, man, I hope he didn't kill himself before you know the draft by running through uh, this this indoor facility. But uh, for someone like him in the lobby, they do a good job of just that second gear. You know, it's almost like okay, if you're a corner, I'm running with him step for step. I got him, but when the ball is in the air, they just have that ability just to press the gas a little bit more and just dart past you enough to close on a football. Let's get to another receiver. This one's Ty Freifogel from Indiana. He would he would have been my my player that I would have thought would have came out last year. You know, we saw a lot of Indiana football last season because they were really good. He was making a lot of plays, and we was like, man, he should he he him and Wap Fillier are the guys that you know. And I think Wap left early, uh, and I was surprised Freifogel didn't. I was surprised he came back. That's a situation where you're not at the, the premier program. You're not the premier consensus guy. You're making plays now and everybody's talking about you. Now you got to strike when the iron is hot. This is when you jump off and go to the draft. But he came back and, you know, you hope Michael Penix can be out there healthy uh, for a full season and let him continue to be the number one option in the passing game. And I just think that, you know, he's someone has, you know, those strong hands at the catch point. He's a bigger receiver, has good acceleration. Um, I was shocked that he came back, honestly. I thought he would have been one to clearly jump while his name was hot and try to take advantage of, of a 2020 situation. So this next guy, I don't know if he was even eligible to be in the draft last year. He might have been. Um, but, man, people really like him. It's the center from Iowa, Tyler Linderbaum. I've seen some clips of him. That is a smooth technician right there. Oh, my God, his hands on the inside, he climbing to the second level, just everything seems like a walkthrough with how, you know how uh, efficient and effective you are in walkthrough where everything is technically sound, it's just, but he's playing at a walkthrough type of execution level. It's like, man, this dude is just so smooth, so good, and I've always been a big fan of guards and centers. I had no problem taking these guys in the first round because I think that's where the – most crucial part of protection is right there in that the middle. You could run the football if that's playing well. You could pass protect if, if that's playing well. Um, and I just think that when you watch him play technically sound, just smooth, like you talked about, able to work well on both ends of offense, run game, pass game, just flawless with his hands, which will always keep him in a good position to make the block. What about uh, the wide receiver from Nebraska? Another wide receiver, Samari Torre. Transferred from Montana, big time threat um, with the Grizzlies and took advantage of the Grizzlies not playing in, in the spring and transferred up to Nebraska. So now he was on the radar last year as a, as a small college guy that is going to end up probably in a shrine game or something like that because he was outstanding. He was dominant uh, speed guy, rack guy, run after catch guy. And now he goes into a situation in Nebraska where they lose a Wondell Robinson. You know, he transferred out to Kentucky. Um, and so they're looking for someone to replace that type of big play threat, that big play capability. So he's probably a virtual unknown 
amongst the draft community because we know that the, the majority of the draft community, you know, only focuses on the Power Five, and within the Power Five, they focus on the SEC and uh, you know some Big Ten and maybe you know five players of the Pac-12. Just you know, throw that in there, but no one talks about the small school guys. That's why you have me here. And this dude was dominant at the FCS level. Now we're going to see him go up to the FBS level uh, in a position where they need someone to be a playmaker. Keep an eye out for Toure. Uh, a running back, Muhammad Ibrahim from Minnesota. I feel like uh, back in the day, like like um, uh, that Minnesota used to have a bunch of good running backs. Remember any of those two guys, like Maroney, then Marion Barber. They used Thomas to have a lot Perry. of good backs. Thomas Tapay, Thomas Hamner. Uh, funny story. Uh, my sophomore year, we played University of Minnesota. We go up to Minneapolis back in the old Metrodome, which I still think to this day, even though it was only 50,000 people, probably the loudest stadium I've ever been in um, because that flat roof, that sound just bouncing off the turf, bouncing, it, just, it was so loud just opposed to other big stadiums we played in. That day, um, we lost to Minnesota, obviously, and I felt like all they did was run the football because three running backs went over 100 yards that day. And the third string back was uh, <laughs> was uh, Marion Barber. Uh, so Maroney went over 100 yards. Tapay went over 100 yards. And they put the freshman in there. Uh, and Barber, he goes over 100 yards. So uh, very familiar with that, that backfield at, at Minnesota. Um, but this one here is along that same lines. You watch the game against Maryland. You watch him. You know, keep the running game on pace. He's he's falling forward. Uh, he's what I would call a factor back. Just he doesn't have the the wild traits, but it's productive. Doesn't lose yards. Falls forward. Very good vision and footwork. Good contact balance. And someone that he may not go in the first round. He may be one of these second or third round type picks. But someone that could definitely be a starter, like a Mike Davis, at the next level. <clears throat> Last guy at number 10, you got a, another D lineman from Ohio State. This one, Haskell Garrett, the D tackle. I love how he's able to get off blocks. Uh, you see him just that swim over move. I mean, he and it's, it's a, a savvy way he does it. Most guys like to slap the, the outside shoulder and then swim over. It's almost like he, he goes underneath. He takes that hand, his let's say his right hand, and goes underneath and attacks the left chest plate of an offensive lineman forcing you to then put your hand where he's putting his hand and then whoop he swims right over and he's over you it's quick it's subtle it's, it's smooth and it's consistent and he's someone that's dominant up front is is disruptive force and again you're being well coached you have the reps you have the opportunity i think he's someone that we should see as a first round pick uh coming in in april so uh, I'll just mention two other guys quick that I know of. Maybe just off the top of my head, some Penn State guys, because I do watch every snap for Penn State. Their left tackle, Rasheed Walker, is very gifted. He did not take as much of a step last year as I thought he would. He was really good as a redshirt freshman. I thought he would take a big jump last year, Emory, and I thought he would turn pro last year. I think he probably wanted to, and he would have been drafted. I don't know how high. But I think he did the right thing by coming back to school, and they say he has the right mindset. Um, a guy kind of came out of nowhere last year after they lost K.J. Hamler. Jahan Dotson had an unbelievable year at receiver for Penn State. Uh, I'm glad he – and he did the right thing coming back to school because there were so many good receivers in this last year's draft. 
And now he'll go into, you know, into the season this year with people knowing about him. Um, and I think there could have been an argument to be made for him to leave last year because I don't know he'll have better stats this year. I mean, he was unreal last year. And I know Penn State's going to want to run the ball more and not be behind in as many games. And then I guess the last one that really jumps out to me defensively, uh, they got two DBs that you should be aware of. Uh, Tariq Castro Field seems like he's been there forever. Right. <laughs> Very gifted, uh, kind of up and down, but really gifted size, speed, athlete. He's what you're looking for. And then they got a guy, Emery, last year, Jaquan Brisker, uh, who was a junior college transfer at safety. He had a really good year. And I, I think he was like a senior bowl invite, but because he was JUCO and the extra year eligibility with COVID, he was going to go to the senior bowl. He's like, nah, I'm, going back. I'm going back to school. He's a ball hawk. He's good against run and pass. He's another guy to absolutely have your eyes on. So just adding a few extra guys, uh, Penn State guys I know of, in addition to the 10 guys that Emery mentioned. Next week, who do we have left? We still have the ACC. We still have – we do Pac-12, SEC Pac-12. maybe? SEC. All right, we got a couple more weeks, then we got games. I love it. Check that man out. Football game plan on YouTube is where he's already a star. He's got to teach me how to be a YouTube star. I really want to be – my daughters want me to be a YouTube star. You got to give me some tips, Emery. Yeah, start Football dancing, Ross. Football game plan on YouTube, at F-Ball game plan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. And, of course, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.